Hello, all you beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Just Browsing. Matthew, along with Zach today, we're bringing you our favorite sports moments since we've been alive. It's probably not necessarily since we've been alive, but since we've been since we've adults been adults watching, yeah, sports. competent yeah. enough to yeah. you know understand what was going on. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean. Because, I mean, we don't really remember the 1993 NBA Finals or anything. That was the year I was born. Yeah, I wasn't born then. If I remembered that, that'd be really weird. Um, But, yeah, the Broncos' first two Super Bowls were just (laughs) a phenomenal experience for me. Don't remember shit, but great, great. The Um, Avs' first Stanley Cup. I was a year old. Fucking amazing. Yeah, so we're uh, so welcome back, everybody. We're we're on a real sports kick right now. I think we've done quite a few sports episodes here recently. Sports Um, are life. Uh, yeah, I feel like the, what was it, Lonely Island? We like sports and we don't care who knows yeah. that song. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, today's idea is essentially this. It's essentially um, our favorite sports moments that we've witnessed kind of since we've been paying really paying attention to sports. So obviously, like we said, you know, anything that's really like, I mean, for me, anything that's prior to like kind of early to mid 2000s I don't really have that great of a memory of and I wasn't really watching a ton of sports and comprehending it at that point but from then you were just on, told who to cheer for yeah well and like you know that's when you're kind of learning how to play sports so I, I don't know you don't have the same connection with it that you do right. when you're when you're a little bit older so I would say all of all of my stuff is probably from is mainly like mid 2000s on a lot of it is like uh, the 2010s in that range. Um, but and granted, I, I will say this uh, off the cuff as, as we get started, because anyone who's a little bit older, who's listening is probably gonna be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you guys didn't have such and such on the list. This is by no means an exhaustive list. This is, this is our, just, each of yeah, ours individual. It, exactly. This is our favorite sports moments. And granted, this might not even be all of my favorite sports moments. This is just what I could come up with oh, yeah. the other day when I was thinking about it. So I'm sure I'm missing some. We can always come back and do a part two of this and talk about the sports moments that we missed. Um, so I just wanted to say that off the cuff in case anyone listens to this and is like, oh my God, I can't believe you didn't have like the yeah, this is This is just whatever, our favorites. Like, and right. that's why like right. it's... I have a list and he has a list. There might be, you know, like Zach said, uh, there might be some crossover and stuff like that, yeah. but probably not. I mean, I know a few of mine are like, you're like my first two. You're not gonna, okay, like which I, I think it. is and good. And you were kind of you were kind of telling me that yesterday. I think is good because it'd be nice if there is some crossover. I'd be surprised if there wasn't some crossover. But it's also going to be good to have a little parody and have. Because if we just had the same list, that'd be boring, you know. So, well, then we'd be the same person, at least same interests sports wise, which we have a lot of. But yeah, but I hate the, basketball, it's not the exact so. same, and I don't like hockey. Well, I'm not gonna say I don't like hockey. I you just don't, don't know, know anything about yeah. it. Yeah. So, well, my first one. I mean, I'll just start off. I was gonna say, get us started. I know you don't really pay attention, if at all. Um, one of my favorite moments in sports. I love golf was in 2019 when Tiger came back and won the Masters. Mm, I do remember this. Um, I didn't really pay attention, but I, I mean, it, was, it, it was a big enough thing that I heard about it as a sports well, fan. Well, he, obviously, he's the greatest – well, there's debate, but he's the greatest golfer of all time, at least yeah. in my opinion. And <clears throat> everything he's gone through, like now he's got a lawsuit against him apparently from his ex-girlfriend – I don't know. That's a whole different fucking story. But I was going to say, his off-the-course right. life is its own whole story right. in and of itself. But, but him coming back in 2019 and winning the Masters was just like... I remember watching that with my dad because you know me and him, we go golf together. And 
Uh, we watch a lot of the golf together on Sundays when I go over there, and it's just was like finally like fuck yeah, Tiger! Like you haven't made a cut in forever, and you just won the Masters. So good fucking shit. Like well, and okay, so kind of explain it to me as a non-golf person how big of a deal that was because how long had it been before he really won a big major tournament like that it had been it, it had, i don't know i'd butcher it but it's probably it would probably had been be, before his the whole wife ish like having sex with like 30 different women yeah was so how um, many years you think was that it wasn't like ridiculous i mean that wasn't i'm pretty sure we were in college if I was going to say, that, all that came out, whole like, it wasn't scandal wasn't that, that long ago, but no. it was quite some... And I, I think the impressive thing was, and again, this is coming from like just a non-golf person who was only marginally paying attention, what made it so impressive is that he was kind of in the latter part of his career anyway, and he had had all the scandals, he had had all these injuries, right. he, he was, and he comes back and wins... Basically, that's the biggest golf tournament there is, right? It's, in, yeah, in it's, 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 it's one of the four majors yeah. that... What are but the it's four the one majors, you want to win? You got the Open, which is in um, the UK. Okay. Uh, you got the Masters. You got the US Open, and you got the oh fuck me, <laughs> oh fuck me. <laughs> you don't remember it? I'm just drawing a blank right now. You want me to look it up? I'm trying to think of all the courses, but it changes courses. I'll look it up. I want to say the players, but that's this weekend. I don't think he's playing in it. I think he said he was playing in the four. Masters, the Open, the U.S. Open, and I want to say the players. Let's see. I'm drawing a fucking blank now. PGA Tour schedule the majors. The Masters, the PGA Championship, the the U.S. Open, and the British Open. So, yeah, PGA Championship. PGA Championship is the one you're missing. That was the one I couldn't think of. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was just – that was a cool moment to watch him win – another green jacket and I mean it's Tiger Woods like there are very few people out there that don't like Tiger Woods in the golf community I mean obviously there's haters of everybody but yeah he's just such like a special play and like when he was in his prime before his back injuries and all sorts of like all of that shit which all of his injuries came after like the whole shit with his wife like Bro, just keep sleeping with all the women. Like, <laughs> as long as they're given consent and it's mutual and everything, just keep sleeping with them. You were winning tournaments left and right. Like, you were what incredible. Are, what are all his injuries? I know he's got a bad back, right? Well, then he got in that car crash. He did get in a car and crash. I know that, he fucked they himself almost up pretty bad had to that. amputate his leg. Yeah. Um. So that's been his issue. Okay. Is his leg? Um. I think his back has been fine. He had to change his swing up a little bit. Because golf, you know, will take a toll on your body, but at the end of the day, it's probably the sport you can play the longest at a professional right. level because you might give up some distance on some of your shots, but if you can maintain accuracy and, and yeah. really, you know, putt the ball well. I mean, you could be playing be that late in life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could play golf till forever, pretty much. As long as you can try and hit the ball. Or you still yeah. have, I guess as long as you still have fun going out there and cussing yeah. and <laughs> driving you know to the right side of the fairway to the left side to the right side to the left side as long as you still have fun being mad at right <laughs> as long as you have fun paying a lot of money to be pissed off for four <laughs> to six hours yeah yeah and then go home and be even more pissed off but then want to make sure you go out and spend another 150 dollars to go be pissed off again yeah that's i mean that's the golf life cycle like I've I, ne- I love it but for whatever reason i've just never been able to get myself into it and it's one of those things where I am one of those people who I've played a lot of sports throughout my life. 
I'm usually pretty decent at most things I try, but I'm dog shit at golf. And it's one of those things where like, I know that to get better, I'm going to have to put in a lot of time and a lot of money. And I just don't like it enough to be willing to do that. But right. it's also one of those things where I kind of want to be at least serviceable if we go to Top Golf or right, just play like wherever have fun. and be able to have fun. But I'm not even to that level where I can even enjoy it. I'm just so bad. I just get mad and then I'm right. like pissed the whole time. And it's like, I don't know why I do this to myself. I mean, I'm, I like to think that I'm a decent golfer. And by decent, I don't mean I could compete against anybody. I mean, like, if I'm a like my goal this upcoming summer is to try and have a bogey round, which means I'm shooting one over every hole or a plus eighteen on the day, which is really fucking bad. But for me, that would be like holy shit, I pretty solid. Yeah, did. it was a great day, great how, fucking. How day. often do you usually go? Uh, last summer I only went probably five or six times, but the summer before that was twenty or thirty. Oh, okay, I mean, I I knew someone that could get me on a nice course for free, so we would just yeah. go out there and play after everyone was done with their tea times and yeah and we don't live in arizona so unfortunately you can't play like in this time period so where it's fucking freezing you can you could go if the course doesn't have snow on it most of the times they'll try and do like a quick money grab and they'll try and they'll, they'll give limited tea times i've played before and it was snowing or just like a storm came in and it was snowing and it was freezing fucking cold and the ground was frozen as a rock so it's really hard to play golf on frozen ground because right. You don't want to fuck up your clubs because your clubs are expensive as all get out. And so it's just more of like, like I took my old clubs and I'm like, I don't care if I break if they these. Get up and, yeah. I have my really nice clubs, but then I have my shit clubs. And my shit clubs, like I would throw them, I'd slam them into the ground. <laughs> I would be pissed. I'd like broke one over my leg. <laughs> and then I bought my new clubs, which were like really fucking expensive. And I'm like... I go to slam it in the ground. I'm like, no, no, it costs too much money. It's it way too much money. money. <laughs> yeah. So I started to do was carry an old club in my bag that I'd put my you new one in slam. and I'd take the yeah. old one out and slam it in the ground and then yeah. put it back in and get in the cart and be like, ah. That's always one of the things that uh, when I see like on Sports Center the highlights of those tennis players like the pros who smash they, the yeah they miss a point or like hit a ball into the net and they just smash their racket repeatedly into the ground I'm like that looks really satisfying actually. Dude, it's it, just like a mangled mess at the end. You're just like fuck those. I don't know what like rooms. It's not like a rage room. Yeah, where you just go in. Yeah. and they just are like, here's your goggles and gloves and a, and a bat, and here's a bat, and yeah. there's like a flat screen TV, and you're just like, you stupid <laughs> mother, and just, and then you leave, and you're like, oh, dude. There's a scene like that. You ever seen Zombieland? Yes. There's a scene like that in Zombieland where they just start smashing up this like country store or whatever, yep. and I'm like, I have always thought that, that would be one of the most fun things you're walking to like a, a shop that's got a lot of nice breakable fragile oh, things knock over like a if you're just like yeah if you're like I've, i was just in here with a baseball bat and i didn't i wasn't liable for <laughs> replacing oh. any of the property i damaged i would have a heyday be so, so in a zombie fun. apocalypse everyone's like where's zach we're like just go find some nice boutique <laughs> yeah. store or something he's probably in there smack he took a just, bat and left he's been gone for a couple hours <laughs> yeah <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, so don't go fun. in there. It's like, no, no, he's having fun in there. <laughs> go in there. Let's go have fun yeah, too. Join in, join in. But, but yeah, Tiger Woods winning the the 2019 Masters was. I mean, this is in no order, by the way. This is just right, what right, I right. off my head went. So, that was my one of mine. Cool. Um. All right. Well, I guess we'll just kind of alternate. Um. And I'm curious. You're probably going to have some thoughts on this. I know uh, if Brandon's listening, Brandon, you'll appreciate this one, but. Um, the first one on my list, and again, this is in no order either, um, is in 2016, the Cavs coming back from down 3-1 to beat the Warriors in the NBA Finals. That's just like one of my favorite sports 
experiences ever was watching that whole finals run. Do you remember this one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, do yeah. you recall? Because I know you're kind of a – you're a LeBron hater. Let's just call it what it is. I wouldn't say right? I'm – like, I give him his respect where it's due, but I, I'm not a big fan of a lot of players that do what he did. Like, I'm, I'm not a big fan of KG for leaving the Timberwolves to go win a championship With in Boston, Boston yeah. by forming – what people say is the first super team, and then LeBron's like, well, I can't beat you in Cleveland, so I'm going to Miami, and then you got – I mean, like, I'm not a fan of people that move to win championships, but at the end of the day, I'm also like, my goal would be to win a championship. If yeah, I'm not on a yeah. championship caliber team, I want to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I'm just – there's a lot of shit that I like to talk shit about LeBron because he's a pussy. Um, I mean, and all but, of the the criticisms, I feel like, for the most part, are fair. I just think I've always been a big fan of him, and I think us getting to watch him—he's the Michael Jordan of our era. Right. I mean, yeah. he is—he is a once-in-a-generation basketball talent. Right. And he's going to go down as one of, if not maybe the greatest basketball players ever to right. play. I mean, he's just remarkable. And this finals run against the Warriors in 2016, I think, is one of the prime examples that I would go to if I was having a conversation with people about how great LeBron is. So I jotted down some things because I, I hate doing a lot of this stuff off of memory because I forget some of the stats and shit. So I just jotted down a few things. So the the Cavs and the Warriors meet in 2016 in the finals. It's the second year in a row that they're meeting in the NBA finals. They ended up meeting in the finals four years in a row, if you'll recall. Um, yeah, the NBA was fun. Yeah. <clears throat> that season – the Warriors were a record 73-9 and in the regular season. So they beat the Bulls record from 1995-96 when they had won 72 regular season games. So they're the winningest regular season team in NBA history. Um, the Cavs go down 3-1 in the series and, ending, and, 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 and end up coming back to win. That was really hard to get out for some reason. Uh, becoming the first team in NBA history to ever come back from a 3-1 deficit to win the NBA Finals. Um, it was Cleveland's first championship in franchise history. That was the whole like Cleveland thing, that right. whole thing. Um, and Cleveland just has had like a horrible historical sports run just across all sports yeah. as well. So that was a big moment for them. Not that like I have any connection to Cleveland, but that's fun to see. Um, and this this last thing here is just, and I know Brandon has brought this up when we've had conversations about LeBron, but just listen to the the how incredible this is. In this finals series, obviously LeBron wins finals MVP because the Cavs win. He becomes the first player in NBA history to lead all players from both teams in a playoff series in points, assists, rebounds, steals, and blocks. That is fucking remarkable. He led all players from both teams in all of those statistical categories. And then I just threw in this last little thing here. Um... Everyone will remember, and if you don't remember, go to YouTube right now while you're the listening Iguodala to this and look block. this up, the Iguodala block. It comes with less than two minutes to go. The game's tied in game seven. If, if LeBron that block has doesn't this go epic through, fucking the chase down win. block. Yeah, absolutely. Like the Warriors 100%. win that game. And Steph Curry passes it off to Iguodala. He's going up for a layup, and LeBron comes charging in, just this chase down block. He pins it literally like in the middle of the fucking box. Like, seeing how high he gets to pin the ball on the backboard is fucking insane. It's one of the craziest plays in NBA history. And and the call is awesome. I think it's Mike Breen. He has some of the best NBA calls ever. He he just loses his mind when that happens. Right. All Iguodala had to do was dunk it. I don't know why NBA players, if you can dunk the ball, don't dunk the ball. It's 
easier than making a layup. And it's more as long as you can two hand dunk it. You're you're gonna reduce you're, your likelihood that right. it gets blocked for sure. It's you can jump up quicker and not put it up against the glass where someone can come up and do that shit. But then LeBron also made that fucking after the block, he made the like baseline jumper when he was like out of bounds and I'm like, please don't go in. But I'm like, I don't want the Warriors to win either. <clears throat> Yeah. So can you guys just play till next season? Like, just keep going to like quadruple overtime or whatever, <laughs> so no one has to watch basketball ever. Yeah, I think that's also the same game. If not, if not the same game, it's the same series where Kyrie hits a massive three pointer. Um, I think that was Game Seven as well. That might even be kind of in the last couple minutes of that Game Seven. But those two moments are like on repeat well, anytime you're looking at like crazy moments from NBA Finals. To jump to another one of mine. I, I reluctantly like put this on here, but the Ray Allen three against the Spurs, Ooh, good I, I put on here good just pick. because it's one of those like super like the Spurs had it won, yep, and all they had to do was grab a rebound and it was championship sealed, and yep. Ray Allen got the ball and it's like Ray Allen, Steph Curry, and. I would say Damian Lillard would be the three people I don't want to have the ball mm-hmm. at the three as time's about to yeah. expire. And he just – and I was like – Buries it. Uh, Ray Allen, dude. I think people forget, especially kids watching NBA today where they think you know Steph Curry is just the greatest three-point shooter that's ever existed. But people think that – I think people kind of forget how fucking amazing Ray Allen was. And it, I, I think Steph Curry's also kind of like. Don't get me wrong. What Steph Curry has done is absolutely remarkable. I am a fan of Steph. I like Steph. Um, he's probably the best shooter to ever play. Yeah, yeah. And he's still got God knows how many years left in his career. He's going to play for a long while still. I think what he's done in his career so far has been so amazing that it's made us kind of forget about some of the awesome three point shooters back in the day. And it's kind of like warped our perception of what even a good three-point shooter even is because he's just like on this whole other stratosphere well, but he also shoots back the ball in the day, from like 40 feet yeah whereas everyone else is at the the yeah. what is it 26 feet is the three and they're like yeah they just chill there it's like you don't need to score from half court every time yeah but he's just like yeah i'm open but he it's can like, it's just like effortless for well, him. no wonder you're fucking open you one step across the <laughs> yeah. half court line no one's like, thinking no one's shoot. gonna fucking try and play uh, defense on but you. yeah i mean you go back 10 years 15 years ray allen was a fucking bucket from three yeah just amazing. I mean, um, so what year was that? Because that was in the middle of that four-year stretch where Miami went to the finals. Because LeBron went to the finals eight years in a row. There was four years in a row with Miami and then four years in a row with Cleveland. And that was one of the years – I think they played the Spurs twice in four years. I think they lost to the Mavs and they lost to the Spurs and then they won two of those other series because I think he won two of his championships there back-to-back, like somewhere in the middle of that four-year. I believe it was the 2012-2013. Okay. So probably like the first – wait, maybe the second one. Because I think they went back-to-back like in the middle of that four-year stretch. I can't remember exactly how it went, but that was fucking epic, dude. What a crazy finale. So great, great pick. And then I'm going to just jump to my other basketball one. I don't know if you have any more basketball ones, but uh, the night Kobe dropped 81. Ooh, Ooh, okay. I thought you're, I have a different Kobe one on here, but yeah. Well, his last game, I almost put his last game on. I have that I on here, it. but it's in combination with something else. So I'll he, say he shot the ball like 684 times, <laughs> yeah. and everyone on the Lakers would get the ball, and they'd have an open look, and they're like, Kobe's triple team. And they'd dish him the ball, and he'd shoot it, and I'm like, yeah. I get what you guys are doing. 
and he's gonna go off and what he he had I I gotta look up the stats for this, but he had what sixty one points or something. Oh, are you like talking that? about his last game? His last game. I have it down right here because it's one of my. He had like sixty one. He, he scored like, sixty, but he had fifty field goal attempts. Right. Yeah, he just kept <laughs> shooting the fucking ball. <laughs> I think that's an NBA record, by the way. Fifty field goal attempts. That's insane. What year was that? Twenty sixteen. Because I have that in conjunction with something else, but I'll let you do your, your Kobe 81 point thing real quick. <laughs> but no, I'm just saying, like, that was a game where it's like, I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan. But you got to admire how fucking incredible but, that is. Yeah. Like, looking back, I would like Kobe a lot. I, I don't like the Lakers at all. Like, I'm, I'm not a big fan of really any California team um, for any sport. But, like, I look back and I give LeBron a lot of shit because he's, he's a bitch. But then you look at Kobe and you go, these are the people that, you have to compare him to. Well, and like we grew up watching those guys too. You like, have to compare him to like a, a Michael who, you know, the flu game is, I guess you could put the flu game on here too. Mm-hmm. I wasn't around for it. Yeah, but I, was, that's, it, I wasn't around that's for it. That's an iconic, like, like people compare shit to that. They're like, yeah. oh, you stub your toe, you're out for f- like Anthony Davis got hit in the nose or whatever. Oh my God. And they're like, he's expected to miss two more years. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> Whereas like, Back yeah, then, you get in the Ty's, nose and uh, you just go out there. Ty's like, grandpa called Anthony Davis street clothes Davis the other day. It made me laugh. <laughs> but it's like those are games. Those are players that when you look at their work ethic and what – like Kobe wanted greatness, and he wasn't going to be denied greatness. Yeah. He was going to get it either way. And it was that uh, whole Mamba mentality. Right? right, and I don't know who the – the uh the player was but he gave an interview he goes yeah I, I saw kobe in the gym went in there did my normal like 30 minute workout apparently he had been there before i was and he didn't leave until after i left yeah and so after the game i went up to him I'm like man you were shooting he goes yeah i saw you were still in the gym so i had to make sure i stayed to let you know who <laughs> i was and i'm like that's the kind of mentality yeah. that you you have to have to yeah. become the player Kobe was and, well, and gained I think, the respect yeah, he gained. I think Kobe, from all the like documentaries I've seen about it and just from watching him play for so many years, watching interviews and all that kind of stuff, he got a lot of that. I mean, Mamba mentality is literally like a trademarked thing and everyone associates that with Kobe. But like, I think he got a lot of that because he was a Michael Jordan fan before he got in the right. NBA, like when he was growing up. And he got to briefly play in the league when MJ was still around and play against him a couple right. times. I they think. played against each other in the All-Star game. Yeah. Um, so he – and talk about an all-time competitor. MJ, all of the stories around him are legendary where, like, it doesn't matter what you're playing. You could be playing fucking Uno with right. him. And that guy's like, I'm going to bury you. Like, that's just his mentality. Like, dude, it's all everything. about luck. Yeah, he goes, like, hey, no, fuck you. I'm going like, hey, to manipulate the Take it the easy, cards. buddy. Take it easy. But, like, that's, that's the guy that Kobe grew up idolizing. So it's no surprise that that was also his mentality. And, dude, people, most people just aren't built like that. That's a no. fucking different breed of person. And when you have someone who is as gifted as a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant and they have that mentality, that's where you get all-time level greatness. Right. Like, because... There are people that are ridiculously talented or ridiculously motivated, but they don't have both. Right. Those guys had both, where they're like, I want to win more than like I want to breathe, and I'm also the greatest basketball player ever. Like You're fucked. You know what's funny? And this is way off topic, but it just popped into my head, so I want to get the idea out there. We should do a – we could do another like go NBA-type podcast, but I just started to think – LeBron came out of high school – and straight to the NBA, MJ barely played in high school and had to go to college. Yeah, really crazy. 
Like I just, I don't know why. I just thought of that. That is so. I just had to put it out there as like it's bizarre. We, like we compare someone who came straight out of high school to someone who barely played in high school because they were bad. The the route to greatness for both of them was way different. Right. Because LeBron is as far back as you can go. LeBron was always like people just knew from the get go in high school. Like this guy's the next Michael Jordan. They just knew from the right. beginning. He's always been the guy. They're like, this is the guy. He's a once in a generation player. MJ was not that way. Like in high school, <laughs> there's like there's classic stories of like Michael Jordan. The any, basically any time a teacher wants or a coach wants to motivate you to like keep trying to become as great as you can be, they always give the example like, well, of like Michael Jordan. Michael was a Jordan, JV player. yeah, the greatest <laughs> basketball player ever. Got cut from his varsity team in high school. Right. It's like, well, fuck. If a guy like that, you know, is not that good in high school, and he goes on to become what he and becomes, I can then, get a C yeah. in this class. <laughs> right, like, yeah. Whoa, yeah, exactly. whoa, whoa! Yeah. Like, let's step it up to yeah. at least a B. It's always that one. And have you ever heard the like how many times J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was rejected by publishers and stuff? Oh yeah, got rejected like sixty times or whatever, and then now it's Harry Potter. Like those stories are cool, but it's like also, you know. Not everyone's Michael Jordan, and not everyone's writing yeah, the, one of the not greatest. Not everyone also is just living in a van, <laughs> writing a book, ever. going. I literally put years of my life. Yeah, I live yeah. in a van. I have nothing left. You have to accept this. And then someone's like, "Yeah, we'll do it." And all of a sudden, they're like, "It becomes yeah, the greatest we fucking series did of all time." We yeah. fucking yeah. did it. Um, no, but like, I'm glad you brought that up because okay, think about this. If you're watching NBA games and a guy drops forty, you're like, "Damn, he had a good night." The right. guy was fucking scoring buckets tonight. Kobe scored double that in a game. In a game, <laughs> like, and in, you know the the record, the all time record is a hundred, and that right. was Wilt Chamberlain. But it's from way back in the day. I'm also think he shot over like sixty five free throws or something in right, that game. Right, and the guy was like nine feet tall. He played against a bunch of fucking bums. I mean, I'm not taking he played anything a bunch away. of bun- he played a bunch of short white dudes. Yeah, like, I'm like I'm not taking anything away from how great Wilt Chamberlain was because he is one of the all time greats. The guy was like ridiculous, and apparently by all accounts a freak athlete as well um but it's one of those things where it's like yeah babe ruth hit 714 home runs but against a bunch of fucking bums in the 20s right. he wasn't but then again you're like play those against... bums were the pros back then right right but it's like you know anyone who can fucking show up to the ballpark slam like four hot dogs chug a beer and be smoking a cigar yeah. on his way to the plate and still hit 714 home runs it's like it's it, how hard is it you know what i mean he wasn't. He wasn't having to go against Pedro Martinez and Mariano Rivera. You know what I mean? Like, settle down, that's, guys. That's because he like, would it's have a had little. It's a little different. home runs. <laughs> yeah. Play now, right? Um, Cork so, back steroids. So the Kobe thing. Kobe scoring eighty one in what year was that? Like, it was the mid two thousand somewhere? Yeah, that in there? was not. It wasn't. I guess you could say it was closer to the back half of his career, but it was like an iconic. Everyone's like, "Holy yeah. shit, Kobe Bryant!" I mean, a guy doing then. that. 15 years ago, basically, is a remarkable feat. Right, back when of, defense existed. Right, like, they were trying, and Kobe was just relentless. I mean, granted, I don't know how many shots he put up in that game. I don't know if it was the 50 field goal attempts like he had in his last game ever, but he had to have been putting the ball up a lot to score 81 points. But it's like, still, 81 points is remarkable. I mean, that's like, that's more points than most college teams score in a game, most games. And he just did that by himself. Yep. Are you pulling up the stats for it right now? I want. Yep. I just want to see his shot attempts <laughs> for eighty-one points. He put up forty-six shots. Okay, so pretty close then. He the was twenty-eight levels. of forty-six, uh, seven of thirteen from three, and eighteen of twenty from the free throw. Wow! Holy shit! 
Fucking nuts, dude. And when was that? What year was that? A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Does it have it up there? No. Oh. Oh, let's see if there's an article here. Uh, 2006. 2006. Okay. So, yeah, a while ago. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a minute. I think they won another championship or two after that. They did, yeah. Because I think they had a run like in the late late 2000s, kind of like the early 2010s. They they had another run. Because he, he was kind of like Tom Brady. He had like a run early and then like a, a secondary run where right. he had like a string of championships. Um, so to kind of stay on the Kobe topic, because I had this as like a combined moment. So on April 13th of 2016, um, I was watching both of these things happen that night. Kobe plays his final game of his career and scores 60 points on 50 field goal attempts. The Lakers beat the Utah Jazz 101 to 96 that night. Um, it's obviously this big deal. It's Kobe's last game. You know, anytime a guy like that is retiring and he announces ahead of the season, basically every t- that whole season, like every last gonna, game, yeah, anytime he was going to play his last game in Utah or his last game in Denver right. or wherever it is, there's this big hubbub about it and a big you know ceremony there's the same everything. with like dirk and yeah same thing with dirk pretty sure like tim duncan had yeah. something kind of similar i mean all those guys who it's like you've been around for 20 years you're gonna go down as one of the greatest hall of fame players ever we're gonna make a big deal out of this and rightly so that night it was this big hubbub it was all over the sports world anyway he dropped 60 it's like classic kobe just puts up the fucking ball nine million times scores 60 in his final yep. game what a mic drop the same night the Warriors win their 73rd regular season game. So I put a couple things down here. Um, that season that the Warriors win their 73rd game, and again, this kind of ties into the first thing that I was talking about. They go on to lose to the Cavs in the NBA Finals that year, um, which, by the way, had that not happened, the Warriors would have rattled off four titles in a row. Um, Bro, fuck the Warriors. Steph Curry won his second straight regular season MVP award that season. They obviously win their record-setting 73rd game of the season. Dude, they lost less than 10 times. They lost nine games in the entire season. It says right here, I was just jotting down, they they set numerous records that, that season. They had the best start to the season. They started 24-0, and and they had the most road wins. They had 34 road wins that season. And then this is the same season. This is another cool thing that happened that year. They were down 3-1 to one to the Thunder in the Western yep. Conference Finals and came back and beat them to make the NBA Finals. And then in year. the same year, they signed Kevin Durant. Yes, they did. Which is another thing, and we I can save this for another podcast. We got to save this one for Brandon because yeah. he's, he loves talking about this. I, I was a Kevin Durant fan, and I still kind of am, but not nearly like I was back in the day because him – being up 3-1 to one on the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, blowing that, and then joining them the next year to then win two titles with them, just is forever going to rub me the wrong way. And I think it's forever going to rub a lot of NBA it's, fans it's the wrong gonna, way. But then you have to but, look at you know, the But, you know, he got his titles. Right, so you have to look at him. the other thing, like I said earlier. LeBron wasn't going to win a championship in Cleveland. He knew it. Right. So he teamed up with D-Wade and Bosh in Miami to win a championship. Like right. That was the whole purpose he went there. Yeah, he's not going to an already stacked team that just set an NBA record and lost in the finals. Right. They lost in the finals, though, and he lost to them. Despite mm-hmm. being up 3-1, you lost to them. So at the end of the day, he's like, I want to win. I see an opportunity. I'm going to take yeah. it. So like, does anyone agree with it? No. I don't yeah. agree with it. I think it was a chicken shit move. But at the end yeah. of the day, he wanted to win a championship. Yeah. And so he went and won a championship. But it kind of has an asterisk because it's not like 100%, he built a team somewhere yeah. with other people. It's not like he's like, hey, you know, Lillard, come to 
you know, let's go to New Orleans and, right, right. you know, it'll be me, you, and they'll bring someone else in yeah. and, and then we'll compete against them. But it's like the dude wanted to win, so he took an opportunity to win and I have, people look down on it. But yeah. also he's got his name etched in history. So. Yeah, 100%. I, I There's two sides of the coin, and here's basically where I stand on it. Do I fault him for going to get two titles and now being – forever listed as a two-time NBA champion and a two-time finals MVP? No. But do I also think that he shouldn't complain when people say your championships have an asterisk next to them because you went and joined the team that beat you when you were up 3-1 to one on them in the, in the Western Conference Finals the prior year? He shouldn't be able to complain about that. It's like, dude... And I've always given the the funny I mean, comparison because I'm a, a Star Wars guy. It's a championship. Right? It's like in Star Wars, if Darth Vader gives his big speech to Luke and he's like, "I'm your father. Come join me, and we'll rule the galaxy." And Luke was like, "All right." Right. <laughs> and then right. Luke they rule and, the galaxy. Luke and Anakin Skywalker just dominate the fucking galaxy right. and stomp the resistance out. Like no one wants to fucking see that. That's right. boring. What would have been? I, I think. What makes everyone so mad is that we were robbed of the opportunity to see the next season, the Warriors and the Thunder, Thunder rematch in the Western Conference Finals. How sick would that have been? But no, Kevin Durant left and just steamrolled everyone for the next two years. And yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. That's, that's well, we'll those are comments. That, yeah, yeah, those are comments for another podcast. So, what's your other one? I'll pass it back. So to you. those are all my basketball ones. Okay. Here's one I know, I guarantee you don't have. Okay. I stayed up late in 2018 during the. I, I'm a huge Olympic nut. Okay. Oh yeah, I don't I, have any. I Olympics love the Olympics, just because it happens once every four years. Yeah. You know, summer and then obviously winter will be two years later. But what each, do you like more, summer or winter Olympics? I'm I mean, a, I I'm love a summer guy personally. I love the hockey in the winter when the NHL players are allowed, but they haven't been allowed because there's a bunch of like bullshit going on between the NHL and the players' association and all that shit. But then, like, I did track in college, so I love watching, like, throwers yeah. and, Track's like, the fun. jumps. I yeah. hate watching the running because it's just like, oh. I mean, the sprints are fun. The sprints are fun, yeah. Because you're like, all right, we got 12 seconds. You're like, oh, wow, they're fast. <laughs> when Usain Bolt was doing that shit, that was oh, – he yeah. had, like, the world's attention. But one of my – like, I just it's, – it's relaxing to watch, and I want to kind of pick it up, but I need a group to do it. I stayed up late in 2018 to watch the U.S. men's team win the curling gold <laughs> for the first ever curling gold medal. I was in really American wondering history. if you were going to go this route. I was like, is he going to say curling? And it was like, I was a whole, I, I got excited. I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I played a drinking game, won Olympics for curling. It was a lot of fun. Curling's actually fun. Dude, it's fun to watch. It's a, I, I like, it's a preposterous. I sport. like got excited. Like I stood up and I was like cheering. I'm like, we did it! Like we fucking won, <laughs> fucking America. And then I was like, I need to go to bed. I just stayed up till like four a.m. watching curling, watching a like, bunch of guys slide an ice block right down in, a, in, <laughs> in a silent arena. <laughs> it's just like quiet. It's like, and they're like, nope, nope. It's it, 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 and they're just sweeping the ice. And you know what's like, funny? It, it the when you watch like the curling teams, they just look like a bunch of guys who would be really good at cornhole at like a cookout yeah. in the summer. You know, it's just like a bunch of dudes. Just, it, you just it's just all about your release and like yeah. making the right like moves and the yeah. nice sweeps. And it's like that's really not that hard to learn. Yeah. Like you just have to be better than Steve, who's been doing it for forty years. Yeah, right, right. But it's like, one of those things. Like you, I anyone could probably get good at that if they just practice enough. Yeah. So I put that on because it was that was just like a fun moment for me when I was watching it. That's a fantastic. Play. Another That's this one that just popped into my head was um well, kind of two when Michael Phelps mm. won like what it was a 40,000th gold medal. Yeah. Like the uh, record, cause, right? Cuz he he won 8 in Beijing or something to set the record most in Olympic 
in a single Olympics. And then I think he owns the most golds for a male swimmer. I think so, yeah. Um, and then when the U.S. team – so this is like – it's actually fun to watch, but the U- one year it was the U.S. versus the French – and the French were talking all sorts of shit, and like they were the heavy favorites to win for in swimming? the four by one hundred relay, and the U.S. out touched him at the wall and barely won. Oh, Fucking shit. exciting, bro! Like it's an exciting video to watch because it's just like you're like America, <laughs> fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck you, France. And See, it was just ah. I there are things that I enjoy in the in the Winter Olympics, but Summer Olympics I feel like has way more flashy things to watch. You know, you got like. Basketball. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge basketball fan, so I Dude, like the watching. Basketball some in the of Olympics the has been like a joke, though. It's like the U.S. Well, will either win every game 100 to 25, or like the U.S. gets upset by fucking Spain. And I'm like, all of you just lost to Spain. You well, guys lost to the fucking Gasol I, brothers. I, I think what's kind of funny is if you look at the best players on the other countries' teams in the Olympics, they're all NBA guys. So basically, like for, just like, oh, I didn't for know you four played. years at a time, we just trained their Olympic guys to right. try and beat us. But we just America has to ha- happens have to have way more better players. Yeah. Um, but you got basketball, you got track and field, which has got so many fun things to watch. The sprints, all the relays and shit. Those are always a blast. I, and I, I don't know, like I did track in high school, but I was a thrower. So it's like, I don't know a lot about all the running and the relays and all that kind of stuff, but they're just watching Be first how fucking incredibly fast. Some of those people are is just like, I don't even know, understand how humans Dude, get that watching, fast. watching the distance people or like during the steeplechase where they run and they have to like hurdle and then they jump over oh into God. the water and everything. But like I'm like they're on like a two minute mile pace, and they're like also hurtling. Hurdles. I don't even know if I could go a like, hundred meters right now in two minutes. <laughs> like, take it easy, people. Yeah, yeah. Well, we then you got world class fucking athlete. Yeah, like, take, yeah. Have you ever watched the speed walking? No, I did oh, see dude. a video of a guy shitting his pants speed walking though. That was pretty funny. Dude, the distance runners will shit their pants like that. I actually saw a video the other day of a wrestler who shit his like shit shit his pants. Like, oh my god! That's and unfortunate. his opponent like got up and was like, "Dude, what the fuck!" Like, and the ref like <laughs> tapped, and he's like legit got like shit dripping down his legs, oh, like down the mat. Like that's disgusting. And I'm like, maybe just lose the 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 match <laughs> because I don't think they're gonna allow you to wrestle in the next one because you shit your pants. Oh like, my god! I don't know the ruling there, but like. Ugh. Now you're that guy. You lost and you shit and your pants. And you shit your pants. Oh, my God. Well, the, the last thing I was going to say was swimming, too. Like, swimming is always yeah. a blast to watch, especially when Phelps. So is Phelps and Missy Franklin, who's a Colorado yep. gal. Is she still competing or no, is she done? She retired. Okay. I think she got married. And I don't know if they, they're expecting a kid or if they had a kid or if I'm just making shit up. So. Isn't she like only in her mid twenties or something? She's yeah. pretty young still, right? She's had but a I think whole it, Olympic But I think career. it was a mental toll on her. Mm. Well, she went to at least a couple Olympics. Yeah, she I won think, an Olympic right? gold. Yeah, I think. But then there's also like in the winter you got like Michaela Schifrin, who's from Vail, or and Lindsey Vaughn. Like a lot yeah, of them yeah, are yeah. from Colorado. That or, makes or sense. Train and live in Colorado, right. um, and like the, the half skiing, pipes and shit like that. Like that, Sean yeah. White winning gold. Right. Like all that shit's fucking yeah. great. Like there's I'm way too lie. many moments in there. That yeah, Sean White made snowboarding really fun to watch. That was. Oh yeah, and fucking. Um, Skateboarding. The dude was yeah. great at skateboarding. Yeah. Which has always been like miraculous to me because I'm bad on a board, any type Bro, of board. Surfboard, s- snowboard, skate- skateboard. Skateboarding makes zero sense. I don't, I went, I I don't went through I, like. Me and boards don't agree. I went through like a three week phase of being a skater in like seventh grade. And then they were like, 
dude, ollie up onto this rail. And I'm like, dude, I can't even ollie. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking going back to the jocks on this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't I do can't this. fucking do this. I can't. I was never very good at it. Um, All right. I'll 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 pivot to the next one on my list. And um, I don't know if you have this on your list, but I'm sure you'll be able to share lots of thoughts with me. This next one is the Broncos beating the Panthers 24-10 to 10 in the Super Bowl. I do have Super the 2015 50. Super Bowl 50. Yeah, so <clears throat> this is next on my list. Um, I just want to rattle off a couple of things here, and then we can kind of start just talking about it. But So going into this game, the Panthers finished that regular season 15-1. and Cam Newton was the regular season MVP that year. They also had the league's top offense. The Broncos finished the regular season 12-4, and and they had the league's top defense. This was only the fourth time in NFL history that the Super Bowl matchup was played between the league's top offense and top defense, which is kind of crazy. The Broncos, during the game, recorded five sacks and forced four turnovers. They finished the game with only 194 yards of total offense and only 11 first downs, both a record low for a Super Bowl-winning team. Von Miller was Super Bowl MVP with two and a half sacks and two forced fumbles. What a great time Dude, to be in Broncos country. Uh, I think we've talked about it before, but you know, if the Broncos are in the Super Bowl and you're watching it with me, don't talk to me. I'm I'm locked into the fucking TV. If it's a commercial, you can talk to me. But I'm locked in. I was so locked into that. We had people over because we were in college. It was our senior year in college. For us, it was our senior mm-hmm. in college. Um, we had people over. My then girlfriend, he was talking with her friends and stuff like that. But I am zoned in. I got my jersey on. I had my Bronco flag hanging up outside. I got probably a Bronco shirt on, probably a Bronco hat on. Broncos boxers I, and Broncos socks. So I'm not a drank your coffee from a Broncos mug that morning. I didn't drink coffee back then, but <laughs> I did get into this routine that before the season started. I go, okay, I'm going to have a Sunday drink. And my Sunday drink was like IBC cream soda. I would drink two of them. So I probably gave myself diabetes from drinking (laughs) two cream sodas during every Bronco game. So if they played at 11 a.m., I'm cracking open two cream sodas and drinking them one during first half. So just cream soda, not like a mixture with alcohol or anything. No, just cream soda. Just cream soda. Because they won game one. So then I'm like, it's working. You know, it's that like (laughs) suspicious, you know, my my superstition for that season. So – I literally would go and I'd get them every time at the store and I would like, I'd have them sit and face the perfect way where they were the games before. And like I was drinking and I would do the same shit over and over. You got like that baseball player's superstition. Dude, hockey's where the superstition comes from me. <laughs> but yeah, so they fucking, I was locked in and I'm like, just don't fucking talk to me. Like, leave me alone. And someone goes to move my, and I'm like, don't fucking touch that. <laughs> Like, don't. Just don't. And this was before the game. And they're like, okay. And I like, get everything. And I sat down. And then the, the first Von Miller sack, I was like, we're going to fucking win. Like, I can just feel it. Like, dude, we're going to fucking do it. We've talked about this before. But a couple years prior, the Broncos went to the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. Yeah, we can we can with, move on to your next <laughs> item on the list. With, with the league's top offense. And they got blown out. 43 and I think the Seahawks had the league's whatever. best defense. Right. So you have that fresh in everyone who's a Broncos fan's memory going the first into snap was like just go into Peyton's hands right right please don't just snap please it over his, his head and then so we come into this 2016 Super Bowl game with the league's top defense and basically an offense that is just like struggling to get the ball down the field I mean at this point Manning is in his last season of his career he had been we talked about this just the other day on one of our other podcasts he had been out 
for injury even that season. Like and there was all games. these stories about him post neck surgery. There was like he was he had like numbness in the fingers and his throwing hand and all. And I mean, he could like barely move. I right. mean, it was looking. You couldn't see that rough. though. His first year here in Denver, when he set all sorts oh, of season, yeah. season no, records. Yeah, a couple but. years before, he looked fantastic. But, like, it had rapidly fallen I think, off. I think cliff. it was another, like, neck shoulder injury that happened. Yeah. And it was, yeah. Right. He couldn't do shit. It was, it was rough. And, like, throughout the playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl that year, some of his throws were like it's just like a wounded duck. It didn't look like he could get it twenty yards. And oh, was dude, like, he was throwing dead ducks. Like, not even a we ducks. are like we're struggling here. This is not good. But the defense so, was there to bail us but out. But the defense was so good that year that it ended up not mattering. And just the fact that you know they say the the age old idiom is defense wins championships, and there's no better example than that Super yep. Bowl where. They're going against the league's top offense, the MVP of the league. I mean, that offense looked fucking incredible all year. And then they ran into the Denver defense. Yeah, and then they put up 10 points in the whole game, and they had four turnovers. I, and I will say, and I would be willing to f- argue with people on this, that that 2015 Denver defense was probably the greatest def- defense ever. Yeah, I mean, if they're not the greatest, they're in they're in the conversation of the people, top I, I think you could talk with, like, the 85 yeah, everyone always um, talks bears, about the 85 Bears. But yeah. I'm like, I wasn't around. Like, right, that was right. pre-my time. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. The offenses were also pre-my time, so I couldn't tell you who they had to compete like right. or compete against and what the plays were like. So Yeah. But yeah, that was on my list too. Yeah, so I knew we would have at least some crossover. So yeah. Well, I'm sure this next one's on your list. Okay. I had the Rose Bowl in 2006. Yes! It's on my list. Can we I dive mean, into this, please? Probably... It's got to be the most I well besides this this past year's uh, college football playoff finale, which was just a nail biter till the end. <laughs> um, this was arguably the greatest college football game to ever happen. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. Vince Young and Reggie Bush put on a masterpiece of a fucking game. Yes, that. I didn't want either – again, I don't like Texas. I don't like USC. Mm-hmm. Didn't want either team to win. I think I was going more USC because I like Reggie Bush and fuck Texas. <laughs> and Texas fucking won. See, back then I was a Texas Longhorns fan. And and it's kind of funny. I don't know. You might not have this same experience, but when I was younger, I had different allegiances than I do now. Like Scobuffs, when, baby. When, when I was a younger kid, I was a big fan of the Texas Longhorns for college football. Really, and for college basketball. I liked the San Antonio Spurs in the NBA, and I liked the Green Bay Packers in the NFL. Bro, you're all over the All over place. the fucking map. But as I've gotten older, I've just like consolidated everything to Denver. Now everything's just Denver. <laughs> it's well, nice and neat. I've, um, I'm not that way. I yeah, up, no, I, I figured I grew up was, a CU fan, yeah. a Bronco fan, a Rocky fan, an Avalanche fan, and yeah, a Nuggets yeah. fan. Like, and it's just stayed I've, that way. It's just... Yeah. That's what my dad cheered for, so then yeah. that's what I started to cheer for. And Which then, makes a lot more sense than what mine was. I, I think mine right. just, for whatever reason, I had like these weird like things where I would just latch on. Well, it was I was a Brett Favre fan, so I was like, I'm going to root for the Packers. I love Brett Favre. I was a big fan of Tony Parker and Tim Duncan, so I'm like, I'm just going to root for the Spurs. And then Texas, I don't know what the Texas thing was. I just latched on <laughs> to the Longhorns. Anyway, regardless, so I have talked about this before. This 2006 Rose Bowl National Championship between Texas and USC is what started – my obsession and my love for college football. It really is. It's where it all started. Dude. It's my earliest memory of watching college football and it's which is kind of crazy cuz it's like 
this huge, massive moment in college football history. And like you said, it is it's regarded a Rose Bowl by too. So it's, it's the, it's the biggest yeah, it's, game of the year. Exactly. It's got this, this, the Rose Bowl has this like classic nostalgic feel to it. And this like classy feel to it. It's like a big deal, big stage. And it's the national championship game. And, uh, I wrote down some things cause I was, so this is one of those things that I brought up actually when we were talking about COVID. And do you, do you remember when all the lockdowns happened for COVID there were zero, like all sports right. just grinded to a halt. And so ESPN was like, what do we do? ESPN was like, well, I guess we'll just start showing old stuff. So you could watch, like they would show like the 2008 NBA finals and right. stuff like that. You could watch all these old school stuff, which was kind of cool. It's like, oh shit. I remember watching this game or whatever. Um, one of the things that they put on ESPN plus was the 2006 Rose Bowl. And I remember thinking to myself, I should just watch that whole game. They were just going to replay the whole game. And I, for whatever reason, I never did, but they I looked it up because it's its not on ESPN Plus anymore. At least it wasn't when I checked the other day, but the whole thing's on YouTube. And I one of these days, I am literally just going to sit down and watch the entire game again because I don't – I it's remember so seeing it, but good. I was so young. There's a lot of it that I forget. I mean, I'm, I know the highlights because I've seen the highlights so often now, but it's like I want to see – like it was crazy because if you watch – if you go back and watch the whole broadcast, it's crazy to see like – you know all the pre the, the pregame analysis from, and like them coming into the stadium. You know how they always go down to the sideline yeah. reporters to talk about the storylines coming into the game. And you're like, "Fuck, man, this is just a different time." And right. it's just like the evolution the f- of like the sports casting. <laughs> yes, yes, and, and the way it was presented to a viewer at home is yeah. so different. And you got it's like Mac Brown in Texas's heyday, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll coaching USC, USC's heyday, and USC's heyday. So I I jotted down a few things. So. In this game, obviously, you know, spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't know, Texas wins. Uh, Texas wins the game 41 to 38. Um, the game's MVP was Vince Young. He scores the game winning rushing touchdown in the final seconds on fourth down. One of the fucking craziest. And also, after he scores the touchdown and they they win and there's all this confetti coming down, there's this iconic shot of him. He'd kind of run up onto the wall of the stands and he's like pointing out at the at the crowd mm-hmm. and all the confetti's falling down over him. He's got his helmet off and everything and like the the orange bandana on and everything. It's like this. It was on Sports Illustrated. It's this iconic oh, yeah. fucking sports shot. So awesome. Um, it said this is the highest rated BCS game in TV history. And it's often considered the greatest Rose Bowl game and, if not, the greatest college football game in history. It was also the first college football game to feature two Heisman Trophy winners in the same starting lineup in Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush that year. Uh, Going into the game, Texas was on a 19-game win streak and USC was on a 34-game win streak. It was, without a doubt, the two best teams in the nation meeting in 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 the championship. Totally fucking stacked. Vince Young finishes the game with 267 yards passing to go along with 200 yards rushing and three rushing touchdowns. Dude, what a fucking game. Dude. I mean, it, like, like, I can't think of anything else to say about it that we haven't already touched just, on. It's it, so historic. You really just have to watch the game to get the full feeling of like what it was. Because it, it, like, it was 41-38. It's not like it was this past year's college football playoff. This was shit was yeah. a shootout where you were like, Whoever has the ball last is going right. to win. Right. And that's bottom line. Yeah. Like it, it's going to be tied, but whoever has the ball last is going to win. Yes. So for anyone listening out there, maybe if you're not a big college football fan or maybe if you're just too young to watch this game or if you don't really remember it and you're like me and you need a little refresher, do yourself a favor and just go to YouTube. They have the entire game. You can also watch condensed highlights. So just do yourself a favor and go check some of this out. It's 
I mean, college football is it's still special. amazing and exciting, but this is a, this was a special time. It was just a special moment in sports history, history, special moment in college football history. It's fucking amazing. So to piggyback off of that, I just remembered of another one, but the Boise State-Oklahoma... Fantastic um, pick. Fiesta, I totally forgot about this Fiesta one. Bowl. Yes. Uh, just the whole... The whole hook and ladder, the hook and ladder thing, and yep. then the the um, I guess you people are like it's not really a Statue of Liberty play, but it was a Statue of yeah. Liberty play yeah, yeah, yeah. to win in overtime. Like you go for two, but everyone's like it's Boise State; they're not going to beat Oklahoma, yeah. and then yeah. they fucking won. Oh, that was such oh, a good man. fucking game. Also, just like remember a time when Boise State was like a competitive Dude. national program. Yeah, like. <laughs> competitive competitive dude same with hawaii hawaii yeah at one point i think it was like number two and i'm like holy Who shit was, that? They're good. was it colt brennan that played for hawaii yeah i think they were yeah and he was setting all sorts of records through i in fact i actually might mention him here later for a different item i have on here but that that dude was when they were just he had like 50 something passing touchdowns oh, yeah. in the year like or every game yeah yeah it was um, ridiculous man college football fucking. now it's all about getting fucking paid <clears throat> so it's just a bunch of divas well, it's like, like NFL. Now it's kind of uh, – it, it, I don't want to talk too much shit about it because it still kind of is my favorite sport to watch, but now it's kind of just a competition to see who's going to lose to Bama or Georgia in the national title game is basically what it comes down to. Yeah. Which this last year, TCU was the big winners for that. They got to get stomped by Georgia in the national title game. They were really the big winners. Yeah. But, I mean, hats off to Georgia for being back-to-back. I mean, they're fucking dominant right now. So we'll see if they're in the new Bama. Um. Anyway. Moving on. Did you bring that one up or did I bring that one up? I did, but I figured you'd had it okay, as well. Yeah. All right. It was on my list. So let's see. Because uh, we, we jumped down there. So I covered these first two. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> you'll like this one. Too. I, don't, <clears throat> I don't know if this is on your list, but you'll like this one. My list has two, and I don't think you have them. Okay. January 8th, 2012, the AFC wildcard game between the Broncos and the Steelers. The Broncos win the game 29-23 to in the fastest overtime in NFL history on a slant pass from Tim Tebow to Demarius Thomas for an 80-yard game-winning touchdown on the first snap of overtime. Um, I was at this game with my parents and my brother. We sat, oddly enough, I think we got, my mom got tickets like from work or something, and they were like two tickets in one part of the stadium and two tickets in another part yeah. of the stadium. So like my parents sat together, me and my brother sat together. And I've told this story before, but for anyone who hasn't heard it, me and my brother watched every snap of that entire game for regular season or for uh, uh, reg- regulation. It's tied at the end of the game. It's going into overtime. We're both like, I got to pee so bad. Like, let's go pee. We'll come back. We'll get ready for overtime. There's going to be a little bit of a break, whatever. Well, being Mile High Stadium and being 75,000 people there, everyone else had the same idea. So we're in line with literally like hundreds of people trying to pee. Waiting in line, waiting in line, waiting in line. We're getting like that anxiety of like, fuck, like we need to get back. We're going to miss it's something. Take a minute. We're going to miss something. And I literally get all the way up to a urinal, <laughs> and the the walls literally start shaking because you can hear so Dude. much of the crowd freaking out inside. Everyone just sprints out of the bathroom. We're all like, "What the fuck happened?" We go running up there. By that time, it's all over. Everyone's clearing the field. We won. I'm like, "What happened?" I'm just asking random people, "What happened? What happened?" Like, yeah, yeah. was like, just losing their that shit. That doesn't help me. So I never saw the play until later. I had to go home and watch the replay like on SportsCenter or whatever. I was at the game and missed one of the most <laughs> historic plays in Broncos history. So that's that's my big story there for that one. But. Well, it's funny. I was at my girlfriend's YMCA basketball game being a good boyfriend, you know, like the one time I was. And um, 
I'm. Oh, I think listen, I heard you tell this one. I'm listening yeah. to the game on my phone, and I'm sitting on like the the bench, being a coach. And uh, I think her dad was there with with us. And I go, "Fuck!" And he goes, "What?" And I go, "We just won in overtime on the first play." And he goes, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, Tebow to Demarius for 80 yard TD." <laughs> and he goes, "No way!" And I'm like. Yep, and then every like all the other parents were like, "Oh, we won!" Everyone starts freaking out, and yeah. the girls are like, "What's happening?" And we're like, "The Broncos won!" And they're like, "We don't give a fuck." Like, and oh, I'm okay, like, "We don't care." Yeah, but the Broncos fucking <laughs> we did it. So one thing I added in this last little blurb, and you'll get a kick out of this. You were aware of this as well, but so the Broncos win this epic fucking wild card game, right, to advance in the playoffs. They go on to lose forty-five to ten to the Patriots in the second round that year. So. Yeah, but that—that's the same year where I think we were losing like eight games in the last two minutes, and then Tebow came off the bench and led us through Tebow time, and we yes. like won like all the games. Like, yeah, we were never supposed to be in the playoffs. A hundred percent, and that's something that I'm glad you touched on because I wanted to bring it up now that we had it on the list. If if you weren't a Broncos fan or if you weren't paying attention to NFL football during this time period, it's hard to describe the whole Tebow time and the Tebow mania thing. And Tebow, it was a bizarre time as a Broncos fan because let's be let's be realistic about it. He was a bad NFL quarterback. He had I one think of he the could, had potential. They just gave up. on He him. had one of the greatest all time college football careers. There's no doubt about that. He's one of my all time favorite college players. He just didn't pan out as an NFL quarterback. It just wasn't going to happen. Anyway, that whole year. The team's not really that good. The offense especially is not good, and he's not really that good. But he had something magical about him that year. <laughs> we just need to be within a score we, of the last two yes, minutes. Yes, that's basically every game was like this anxiety-inducing experience of like just so frustrating to watch the entire game. But as, like, as long as, like you said, we were in within reach at the end of the game, if it was like a score and a field goal, you still had a shot, and somehow, and it was always like with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter, he would just pull something out of his ass. No, just lead us on like two 80-yard drives yes, to win the game. And, and, we're like, and we would somehow <laughs> win the game and got us all the way to that AFC. And, and that that play, that slant pass in the AFC wildcard game against the Steelers that year encapsulates all of that. Yeah, It was just a total like, what the fuck is this? Like, How did he pull that off? A guy who like – Really can't throw that well and is not known for. But Demarius Thomas, you wa- I was watching it, it was on YouTube last play. night. Demarius Thomas, like their safety, the Steelers' safety comes way down and leaves the top half of the field just completely wide open. Demarius Thomas just cuts in. He's wide open. Tebow sees him right on time, just hits him in stride, and he just takes Dude's off. It's gone. just a foot race. Dude, rewatching the highlight on like YouTube, you know, you said like the walls were shaking. Yeah. The camera's just like, Dude. This, as you see, it's like a blur, and you're just like, yeah. that's how loud. Like people knew. Like It was nuts. It was pandemonium. And like, if, if no one, I mean, I'm sure people have been to like concerts and stuff, so you kind of know what I'm talking Cons- about. Where like, no, no. where like the sound oh, yeah. like will like vibrate stuff. Like you, you understand like, how, like kind of you can kind of conceptualize right. what I'm talking about. But that's one of the only times where like I remember the feeling of what it was like. I mean, concrete right. was like shaking. vibrating, and I was like, what happened? Everyone just runs out of the bathroom. Like, oh my god, something happened. Everyone just freaks out. Chaos, dude. Isn't that what a terrifying thought though? Moment. Like. To jump a little bit off track, the fact that you're in a stadium with seventy six thousand people and the foundation is shaking, like it's pretty amazing. The engineering just, behind the, all these stadiums and shit to me is like, I'll sit there and I'm like, there could be a lot of casualties if if we jump too hard all at once <laughs> and like it collapses. Like, well, and if you think about this, it's and I don't really understand the science behind it, but like 
Isn't that kind of amazing to you that just people yelling and screaming can cause that much like sound vibration, nah. but it's literally shaking I'm, a foundation I'm of a, a stadium? I'm a Bronco fan. Pretty nuts, like, dude. I know what Bronco fans were. If you like, think about that on of. just like a human perspective, we're just it's a bunch of vocal cords making noise at the same time. It's causing that. But you also to have to happen. remember Pretty nuts. a lot of those stands have like the metal over them so you can yeah. get like give to go. So right. like something's got to absorb all the movement because right, you know right. people are jumping up and screaming oh, yeah. and yeah. high-fiving and so you got the noise but then you also have all sorts of like crazy movement going on. Mm-hmm. But it's just like the stadium's just like, yeah, we're good, we're good. <laughs> it's like, no, you're not. What, what an incredible moment. And it's like, that's one of my favorite sports stories to tell is because it's it's this historic moment that I was literally present for that I did not That witness. you weren't present for. <laughs> that I had to watch on SportsCenter later like well, everyone else. to stay on the same um, sort of subject, on my list I have uh, the game one of the Stanley Cup finals this past year. I knew you were going to have... For the Avalanche, as my dad and I actually went to the game, and it was an overtime winner, and bro, game one, game one, yeah, I've never been in like you said how loud it was and everything. I have never been in a louder stadium. Yeah, one, it's much smaller and and it's it's much it's indoors, so it just bounces everywhere. I have never been a part of a louder crowd. There was a year where I went to five home playoff games. And the sound was nothing compared to what it was when we scored that overtime winner. I mean, Ball Arena was just electric. Like, I almost passed out. I jumped up <laughs> so fast when we scored. Where are you high fiving everybody? Yeah, you can everyone's see. best friends. Yeah. You're hugging people. Like, I mean, it was so fucking loud. But it's the same sort of story with like you. I had to pee so <laughs> That's a problem, fucking man. bad. And I don't like to drink. Anything when I go to sporting events because I don't want to miss you're having to plays get up and go shit. pee all the time. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. You got to go it's wait a pain in the fucking in the ass. line. Yeah, it sucks. It's like a so, twenty minute process every time. So I'm like, okay, so I peed before the game and I sip on a water yeah. just so I'm like can scream and shit. And I'm like looking and I'm like, okay, we're going into overtime. So I like, okay, and I work my way down to like the the tunnel from where our seats were. And I'm like watching, making sure I don't miss an end of regulation, like miracle goal, uh-huh. which we almost scored. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And I sprinted into the bathroom and yeah. I, no one was in there and I'm like peeing and I turn around and there's just like 40 people deep at every year. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you're like, thank God. Beat holy the shit. And like my dad was like three people behind me and I was like, good way to go. Cause we get in there and it was like a minute and a half in overtime. We won the game. Right. And there was People so there's not, that there's not you time know to dilly-dally, yeah. Or, like, peeing on themselves right. as they're trying to run. They're like, what happened? <laughs> Zipping up like, their pants, ah! running in there, yeah. But that oh, was on man. there. And then, obviously, game six, when they, they clinched it and won their first yeah. Stanley Cup in 20 years, was, that was That's fucking awesome, amazing. Dude. That's awesome. Well, and and I'm, I'm not the biggest hockey guy, obviously. That's been well-documented. But that's actually pretty cool if you think about it, that just in the past – I mean, coming up on like 10 years now, we've gotten to see a, a professional football championship and a hockey championship here in Colorado just in the last few years, really. You know what's insane? Because that doesn't happen. I mean, a lot of cities you get, they could be really spaced out. Like the last championship we won was like 50 years ago or whatever, you know? Well, you know what's insane? Every Colorado sports team's championship have been won in our lifetimes. The Avalanche won the first championship in Colorado professional sports history in 95. Hmm. Followed by two by the Broncos, followed by the Avalanche, then the Rapids are trickled in there. The Nuggets have never been to a finals. Right. And then <clears> the Av then the Broncos in twenty fifteen and then the Avs last year. 
and our other professional sports team, which is the laughing stock of the league, I have on here was the 2007 Rockies World Series run. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. That was, was uh, the Rockies made it, but we get, we got swept. I think right because right? Rockies fan, like the Rockies have such a good fan base, but we yeah. just but suck. they're just terrible all the time. And it was another like we hadn't have a playing game to get into the playoffs, and then we literally swept everybody, and then we got to the Rocktober, World Series. Man. And we got swept. We've had uh, we've lived through some weird sports times here. You had the Tebow Mania, Tebow time, and you had Rocktober. Yeah, Rocktober was fucking everywhere at that time. Yeah, there was like That's because sweatshirts they, and t-shirts and hats. They, and I think they had to win like twenty-two of their last twenty-six games to get it even into the playing game, yeah, and yeah. they literally did that. And then they won the playing game on like a crazy the Matt Holiday slide. In the oh yeah, play. oh yeah, dude. Matt Holiday was one of my favorite players. And back then, then. I love that. Guy. They literally just get into the National League fucking playoffs and we're just like we're just gonna sweep everybody yeah. and they just brooms are coming out yeah. of every fucking <laughs> so home cool, game just dude. sweep everybody and then we get to the world series my dad literally had the last digit of the credit card input he went to hit purchase because he just had purchased best available yeah and the whole system crashed so we didn't For the get a world, world series, series game but then Man, we got that swept. Been so fun but was it was it? one of those things like we weren't supposed to be there so right was it the red Sox that we yeah. played that year that's what i thought okay because that was like coming off the Red Sox had just won their first just a couple years earlier, like an 04 or something. In like right? 194,000 yeah, like years. Yeah, first one in, yeah, like a million years. At least we're not the Cubs where they're like, it's been 105 years, and it's like no one's even alive since the last time yeah, they won. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Your team's irrelevant. I think the Rockies franchise is actually exactly as old as I am. It's been around right. since 93. They were the, yeah. Yeah. They were the f- second professional. Well, I guess the Nuggets were here, but. Yeah. Um, dude, I wish. I want nothing more than the Rockies to actually be good. It would it would honestly like get me more into baseball. If you the just Rockies need a good, good. owner. Because I, I love going to Rockies games or even Rachel. when they're fucking terrible. I'll still go to like one or two games every summer just to be at the ballpark and watch a game. It's a fun time. But they're just dog shit every year. And it's, it's like that everyone knows in Colorado that the Rockies always start off like April. We look like the best team in the league. And then right after that, it's like, oh, we're – 40 games back out of first place. Now. Or we're like 15 games up and we go into the all-star break and then, yeah, we come out and it's like we lost 38 in a row and everyone's like, what happened? You guys were like, dude, it's brutal. <laughs> they, sh- they existed again. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. So yeah. Shout out to having that on your list. I like that pick. But, um, Cause yeah, Rocktober, that was a big deal. Um, all right. You want me to do another one real quick? Yeah. My I, list is over. Okay. I have a few more on my list. Um, the next one up and you're probably not going to appreciate this, but this, this was a cool sports moment. Super Bowl 51, Patriots beat the Falcons 34-28 in the first overtime in Super Bowl history. This is a this is a crazy game. You got to admit, just another game that Tom Brady should have never won. He shouldn't have two of his, the rings he does. But. So I'll put this. Uh, so I, I jotted down just a few notes on this because we watched we watched this together yep. with my now wife Taya, who was who has has always been a Patriots fan and who at halftime was just checked out, like drinking. She like, wasn't checked out. Our she team's was fucking, fucking hammered. Yeah, our team. My team's gonna get shafted. I'm drunk. Whatever. And then I, I specifically remember like midway through the third quarter, being like, "Babe, you should start paying attention. Your team's gonna come back and win." She's like, "What?" <laughs> like, I wasn't even looking at the TV. I'm like, "You should start paying attention. This is happening." We're literally, all of us were just like, <sighs> "You could feel and, it." You and and just, she would just didn't care, and we're like, "No, yeah. like legit, like, like it's happening. You need to turn around and watch." So uh, the Patriots come back from being down twenty-eight to three at one point during the middle of the third quarter to win the game in overtime. Like I said, it's the first overtime in Super Bowl history. 
It's the largest comeback in the history of the Super Bowl. The Falcons came into that Super Bowl with the league's best offense, led by the league MVP that year, Matt Ryan. Uh, and then I also jotted down the crazy fucking catch by Edelman with less than four minutes to go in the fourth quarter to keep the Patriots drive alive. That well, whole yeah, thing where well, it got like it got batted up by someone's foot, and he like gets his hands under four it like, people. right before it hits the ground. Bro, when that happened, One of the I was like, yeah, it's incomplete, it's incomplete. And then they showed like they zoomed in on the replay. I was like, it's a fucking You're like son of a bitch. Well, one of the greatest catches. He I've was ever outdone seen. though when they lost the Super Bowl on the helmet catch. That was our the helmet catches. That should have been on our list. Is what the helmet catch? That was a fucking crazy. Moment. Well, you know, like I said, things are going to get brought up. Yeah, you yeah. could you could arguably say that one of the greatest catches ever was that Odell Beckham Jr. catch. Right, right. That I don't like, like basically the guy, but started like, his whole career. Right, and yeah. now he's irrelevant. Now he's not even in the league. Yeah, so I, you know, as a Broncos fan, it sucks to put Patriot stuff on here, but that was just a really fucking crazy Super Bowl. Anytime you get an overtime Super Bowl, I mean, that's happened once ever. That's, <laughs> that's the one pretty, time you got an that's, overtime. That's Super- pretty fucking awesome. Well, it's let's be real, experience. we should have had one this year. But if if you missed that podcast, go listen to our last one oh, because yes. uh, we won't yeah. dive into it. But the NFL say, was rigged. The Chiefs didn't deserve to win. Fuck Patrick Mahomes. Right. My thoughts exactly. And Melvin Gordon. Um, I have. Let's see, three more football things on here and then another basketball thing. Um, this next one up on my list is the Chiefs versus Rams 2018 Monday Night Football game. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? Dude, it wasn't like 68 to 64. <laughs> so the Rams – So and just a little background on this. I usually don't – I think I've explained this to you before. I usually actually don't tune in for the Monday Night games. By the time Monday Night rolls around, I've just – I'm kind of tapped out Your with football for the weekend. Already lost. Yeah, and just, I've watched a lot of football all day Saturday. I've watched college football all day Sunday. I've watched NFL football. By Monday, I'm like, okay, I'm done with football for the last couple days. Um, but for whatever reason, and it was probably because every sports channel in ESPN was hyping this game up more than anything in the world, I was like, I'm going to tune in tonight and watch this and see if it lives up to the hype. Well, it did. So the Rams end up winning this game 54-51. to in the highest scoring Monday night football game ever, and it's the third highest scoring game period in NFL history. Um, it's still the record for the most points scored by a team in a losing effort in NFL history with the Chiefs putting up 51. Can you imagine putting Holmes up 51 and losing? Holmes had six TDs. I was going to say, the game featured six lead changes, including four in the fourth quarter alone. And the two teams combined for over a thousand yards of total offense. Mahomes passed for 476 yards and six touchdowns, setting the record for the most touchdown passes in a Monday night game. Those were some of just the quick things that I pulled the other Goff day. Goff also had some. 413 yards and four touchdowns. Just remarkable. Tyreek Hill had 10 catches for 215 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> Dude, it was insanity. I've like I've never seen anything like that in my life. And then there was the whole the discussion after it was like Everyone who had watched it was like, this is one of the greatest games ever. It's the greatest game I've ever seen. And then all the old heads were like, why are you saying that's one of the greatest games ever? No one played any fucking defense. Right, it's yeah, like I mean, it it's that classic old man shit of like, you know, I watched basketball before there was a three-point line. <laughs> you young whippersnappers don't know I what don't you're know. talking about. People aren't going to be talking about that game. People are talking about last year's Chiefs-Bills playoff game because that game was way more epic than this game oh well and it way more epic. i mean the implications obviously yeah yeah. yeah. but just way more epic as far as like the way the game played out yeah this one i just wanted to throw in there as like a this i remember watching this game being like what the fuck is happening this is crazy so that one's on the list um next one up uh this is the 2017 college football national title game clemson versus bama 
It's the second year in a row. So you and I watched. Oh, this was when Renfro caught the, yes, the winning yes. touchdown. You and I watched this game, and I think we watched the one the year before together as well. We watched pretty much every yeah. national championship game together. But it's the second year in a row that Clemson played Bama in the national championship. They also met another time, I think, in the semifinals. But this is the second year in a row in the national title game. Clemson wins the game 35-31 to on a go-ahead touchdown with one second left in the game after previously being down at one point in the game 14 to nothing, Deshaun Watson passes to Hunter Renfro for the game-winning touchdown and went on to win the national championship game MVP, Deshaun Watson, that is, um, after setting the record for most passing yards in the national title game with 420. And I think he had beaten his previous record the year before of like 405 Dude, or something. That was the game where I was calling everything. I'm like, watch, he's going to miss this, and then this is going to get blocked, and they pull it up, and I was like, damn. What a fucking game to watch. Uh, it says, I, I put here, Bama came into the game undefeated in the regular season and sporting the number one ranked defense in the nation in terms of points and yards allowed. Um, their quarterback that year was none other than true freshman Jalen Hurts. Uh, Clemson scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to win that game. Dude, it was a really good game. What a fucking game, man. They had a couple. There was like two years. In the year before where Bama won, that was like, a, I think it was like 45 to 40 or something like yeah, that. It was another. I think they won late in the game, too. Yeah. An, they had two in a row matchups of like just historic. I'm like. As we were watching it, I was like, these are games are going to go down in history as like some of the best national championship games ever. They're just so fucking exciting. So that's what kind of started my uh, obsession with Clemson and with Deshaun Watson. And obviously, being a Deshaun Watson fan in 2023 is a bit of a complicated thing nowadays. But um, so we're going to scrub this part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm still a huge fan of him as the player. Uh, was a huge fan of him in college. Just watching him in at Clemson was just a, a treat. And I'll, I will forever be a Hunter Renfro fan just because dude, of that. Yeah, like Hunter Renfro. Although is he my plays for the Raiders, so. yeah, he plays for the Raiders. But it's like that's my dude. He's, I love he's it. just the white like slot receiver yeah. that's just a sure hand guy. You're like yeah. if, if he throws to him, he's gonna catch. He's it. gonna catch it, and he's one of those dudes too that like. There were some jokes about that when uh, Hard Knocks was with the Raiders like a couple years ago. And if you see him with his shirt off, he just does not look like he's an NFL athlete at all. But he's really effective. The guy's yeah. good. Um, all I got to do is catch the ball and run. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so that's on here. This next one, I have one more uh, college football thing on here. Um, and shout out to Zach Colbert if you're listening. I have the 2020 national title game, LSU versus Clemson. Just because of how historic the year was for LSU this year, and just Joe just Burrow. the capstone on this, and Joe Burrow. So this is the year LSU beats Clemson forty-two to twenty-five in the national title game. So it's like not exactly close. It's a good game, but it's not exactly close. Um, LSU's uh, win snapped Clemson's twenty-nine game winning streak going into that game. LSU had previously beaten Oklahoma sixty-three to twenty-eight, the semifinal game, to advance to the national title game. Um, LSU finished the game, get this, with 29 first downs and over 600 yards of total offense. Joe Burrow finished with 463 yards passing and five passing touchdowns to go along with a rushing touchdown. Jamar Chase finished with an eye-watering nine catches for 221 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> Joe Burrow uh, was the Heisman Trophy winner that season, and he finished the season with 60 passing touchdowns and over 5,600 yards passing on the season. Yeah, it's, that's, it's a disgusting team. It's disgusting, dude. I mean, so for anyone who's curious, I threw some stats out there, but if you go back and look up some of the stats and the records that that team broke that year – 
it's remarkable. I mean, if you want to talk about some of the greatest all-time college football teams, the 2019-2020 LSU Tigers are in that conversation for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just it started the – rise the epic rise of joe burrow i mean that guy's yeah now i mean a, a really the, great a truly talented nfl quarterback. oh yeah if he wins a super bowl mm-hmm. and then can play you know 10 15 more years he'll be a hall of famer for sure yeah and i'm not like an lsu fan or anything but just from watching that national title game and watching a couple of their games that season i'm now like forever a joe burrow and a jamar chase fan i just i like watching and justin jefferson and justin jefferson it's just like i'm this is the cool thing I think about being a college football fan is like you can see these guys before they get into the pros and kind of have these like affiliations before they even get into the pros. Be like, oh yeah, I remember watching that guy get play against South Carolina or whatever the fuck, you know? Or I remember that guy mm. in the D two national championship game, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, now he's got seventeen and a half sacks. And you're like, what? And they're like, right, yeah, it's just cool, and it's a little bit of like. You know how if you discover like a musical artist or a band before everyone else, you can be like they blow up, and you're like, I was listening to them three years ago. Everyone's like, yeah, sure you were, yeah, (laughs) sure you were, my guy. Yeah, it's a little bit like that thing of like, hey man, I watched that dude play in college. Like I, I've I've been on this fucking train. Well, I mean, if you're the scouts and personnel who decided to draft Tom Brady, you go, we saw something in him that people didn't, and they're like, you still drafted him in the sixth fucking round, my guy. Right. The guy, the team after you was probably going to take him, and they're like, well, yeah, you just needed, we just needed a backup quarterback for Drew Bledsoe, and it just happened to be Tom Brady. (laughs) It happened to be the greatest quarterback ever. Like, yeah, just happened to be. He wasn't a fucking talent in college. Yeah, he was a sixth round draft pick. No one wanted him. So I got one more thing on the list here, and again, kind of like we said up top, this is in no way an exhaustive list. I'm sure I've missed some things that I'll think about later, and we can we can always come back and do a part two of this. But uh, this will lean right into the next podcast that we have scheduled, which is to go over March Madness because Selection Sunday is this upcoming Sunday. Um, so this is a little college basketball moment for you: the 2016 college basketball national title game between Villanova and UNC was 77 to 74 Villanova wins and they win on a buzzer beater three pointer from fucking deep like, like just beyond, right on the logo yeah uh by this guy named Chris Jenkins um and I just put in here like a little blurb the final minute and a half are crazy that's literally what I said cuz if you go to YouTube I was watching it last night the final minute and a half there's like a couple of lead changes there right. they're like cuz UNC I think maybe like had taken the lead. Villanova gets it back. Then UNC like ties it. Villanova has a trip down the court where they like turn the ball over or something. And then I think they get fouled. They put up a couple free throws that they make. Anyway, UNC ties it, and uh, Villanova wins. Villanova wins it on the buzzer beater. So it's crazy because like UNC takes the lead, and there's like I think four point three seconds to go or something like that. UNC, their bench, all their fans losing their minds. They think they've just won the national championship, right? Like they're like, we got, we have right. the lead, four seconds to go. Villanova's got to go all the way down the court and put up a shot. And then seconds later, Villanova hits this crazy fuck. He releases it, and there's like 0.6 seconds on the shot clock, <laughs> and he just fucking buries it. And then the confetti comes down. Everyone just tackles him. Villanova's going nuts. The stadium's going Dude, crazy. Dude, it's one of those shots too where it's like. It's crazy because I think there was a picture where he's, like you said, he's in the air and it's like a still of the ball. And every eye, if you look at it, is just glued to the ball. They're yeah. all like, yeah. And you know, it's one that everyone just follows it. 
and then it goes in, and then half the stadium erupts, and the other half was like, fuck. That just shocked. Well, and the, one of the things that I forgot to mention, too, is the shot that UNC hits to go up or to – yeah, to go up is this uh, lefty who he gets it, and it's a three-point shot attempt, and he goes up in the air, and a defender kind of comes running by – and he has to do this weird thing where he he like adjusts midair and he brings one of his knees like way up and like contorts his body, and the release looks absurd. Right, it's like, he's like he has, I have to shoot. Yeah, he's just, just like he has to shoot because he's in the air already. He contorts his body in this weird way, launches it, hits it, and so UNC's just losing their shit. They're like, oh my god, we just hit this yeah, like how, once how in a lifetime in? shot. Yeah, we, now we have the lead. And then, I mean, that guy at that moment's thinking, I just made a shot to win the national championship. Right. That shot's going to go down in history. I'm a fucking hero forever. And then f- seconds later, a guy hits an even crazier shot on the and other end. And then he hits the, the shot and he goes, all right, everyone forgot about me. Yeah, already. exactly, dude. It's just so to kind of get your, your March Madness juices flowing. If well, we you want, if you're listening to this, go look up the 2016 national title game between Villanova and UNC and just watch the last couple minutes. Really exciting stuff, and we that's that's what makes March Madness so fucking fun to watch. Is that shit right there? Well, not only that, but we can't forget when Virginia lost as the overall number one seed like three years ago oh, yeah. or whatever, like to the biggest 16. upset in college basketball yeah, it, history. It, it, it never happened. And Florida Gulf Coast when they beat Georgetown, and it was literally just alley oop city. I'm pretty sure like 98 percent of their fucking baskets <laughs> that game were just oops. Yeah, like they yeah. were just dunking all over Georgetown and making them look. Terrible. That was a 15 over a two. Like, yeah. there's been so many upsets lately that it's like so good. When Gordon Hayward for Butler drains oh, that I three. I forgot about the Gordon Hayward like, shot. That's a good one. I there are there. so many. Like, March Madness by itself has, has so, so many, many incredible. Because yeah. there's 64 teams. You know, you got 32 first-round games. And there's upsets that happen left and right yeah. on buzzer beaters or a team just comes out and fucking, like, I think it was one year CU was like a five seed and they lost to a 12 seed and the 12 seed shot like 63% from the field. It's like you're not – you can can't you do about beat that. that. Yeah. You can't can beat you a team that's yeah. making everything Everything they throw, they throw up. up. Yeah, is going in. Yeah. And it's like March Madness is like the only basketball I like to watch because yeah. it is so crazy. Like I'll have – I'll probably have three of these monitors going. Oh, yeah. You have games, to, dude. You have to. And I'll be you know looking at my bracket and I'm like, fuckers. <laughs> Gosh, damn it. Yeah, so – to kind of wrap up this episode, because that's the last thing I had on my list, um, that will be a little teaser for you guys uh, for listening for next week. Um, we'll do a March Madness episode. So Selection Sunday is this Sunday. We're recording this on, what is it? What is today? Wednesday, Wednesday. March 8th. Selection Sunday is coming up on Sunday the 12th. Once the brackets are announced, we'll sit back down. We'll record again. We'll do. We'll kind of make some picks, talk about March Madness Talk about I'll have like eight teams. brackets made already. Yeah, um, we'll probably throw together a group on the ESPN bracket challenge again. I imagine. Yep. So if you guys can, if you guys are into it, you can go join that. Um, this year, I think will be a really interesting one because I haven't been watching a ton of games throughout the season, but I have been checking the rankings periodically, and there's a lot of teams you would not expect. Dude, like not a lot of the usual suspects are the top teams this year. It's a lot this, of like random. This year teams. is just it's it's wide open. It's like I don't think there's been a number one team for more than like two weeks in a row. Yeah, like it's yeah. just been bang 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 yeah. like changing yeah. constantly. So um, this will be really interesting this year. I'm very excited for it because I think we're gonna see some teams in it making runs that usually aren't like the usual team. Like right. you, you know, everyone knows a lot of times you got the Dukes of the world, the UNCs, the Kansas, the Kentuckys. Villanova in recent times, you know, uh, Gonzaga. But 
It might not necessarily be. In you fact, like Duke Houston, and UNC Alabama aren't even ranked at this point. Duke right will now. make it. Their their record's good enough that they should make yeah. it. But like you have like Houston, Alabama, yeah, Alabama's Purdue, been one of the like, top teams. Those yeah. have been like your top teams this uh-huh. year. And but then it's like you, there's just no top team that you're like they're running through people. Yeah. It's like this team's supposed to be the top team, but then they lose at home by 14 to an unranked team who's got like 12 wins. You're like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. I'm very excited for it this year. Real quick, before we uh, stop recording, I wanted to just pull up the current rankings so we can give a little tease for uh, for next week. Let's see who gets there faster. Well, here, I got it. <laughs> I was going to so, say, I just pulled it up, but I'm on the wrong list. As far as the AP goes, we have – I'm just going to go 1 through 25. Um, you got Houston, UCLA, Kansas, oh, right. Alabama, Purdue – Marquette, Texas, uh, Arizona, Gonzaga, and Baylor. That's your top 10. Then you got UConn, Kansas State, Virginia, Miami, Xavier, St. Mary's, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Indiana, San Diego State. Well, there's Duke. Duke, TCU, Kentucky, Creighton, and Missouri rounding out their top 25. I love it, dude. All kinds of random teams in there. Well, and then you don't know who's going to sneak in. Like, if CU goes on to win the Pac-12 championship on Friday or whatever, they get in on an automatic bid. Like, you don't know these teams that might upset other teams during um, conference tournaments and all of a sudden sneak in, and then they could go on a little run. A couple years ago, it was South Carolina, the seventh seed, that went on like a four-game win streak or whatever. It was like the final four. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, the only person I know that picked that was fucking Brandon because he picked one random team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And he just happened to pick South Carolina yeah. that year. You always end up seeming like such a genius when you luck out and pick that one team that goes on a run. You're like, yeah. You're like, yeah, I picked I, the 15 over two this year. And you're like, no, you didn't. You're I was, like, I was I doing did. some stat crunching, watched a lot of games. I knew it was going to happen. It's like, shut the fuck up. If, <laughs> you had no idea. If I'm picking a team, well, I'll just do a quick little snippet. But if I'm picking a team that I don't think is going to go very far. So, like, if I pick a two, but I think the two might lose in the second round, sometimes I'll pick the 15 over them. Yeah. Just in that, like, Hail Mary attempt. Right, it's like, right. hey, you never know. You never know. I already have them losing the next round, yeah, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. But then, like, there's times where it's like, yeah, I'm going to pick this team because they're good, and then they lose by 35 or something. I was like, I, <laughs> I should have picked the other 14 seed because they actually won. Yep, yep. Um. Yeah, so that'll be our little sneak peek for next week. So tune in. Um, again, if you're listening to this in real time, um, we're recording this Wednesday, March 8th. So Selection Sunday, Sunday, March 12th. Brackets will be announced probably that afternoon, early evening, once all the conference uh, tournaments are finished up. So maybe we should aim um, to do a podcast on Monday so we can try yeah. and get people to join and do brackets early on. Right, right. So we'll do that because I think – they do the first four on like Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday that week, and then the first round will will tip off Thursday of that week. I'm pretty sure. So that'll be Thursday. What is that? That should is be Thursday the sixteenth. Yeah, I think round one will start Thursday, March sixteenth, and then that'll take us through national title games. Probably like April third on a Monday night. Oh, now I think like about it, we probably don't want to fill out our brackets with uh, letting people know everything while they can still fill out brackets. What do you mean? Like if we sit down, like maybe we could sit down and go through the bracket, but maybe not give our picks for the brackets. Just as to not give anyone any ideas or what? Yeah. I mean, I don't want someone copying my bracket and then we finish in the same spot. 
<laughs> well, you they're know, just gonna. Well, I guess that's I'm true. Good enough. On the ESPN tournament challenge, you can't see you what can't, people have done until, until the until tournament the first, opens. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay. Speaking of which, I got to create mine for my. I always run my uh, my work pool. For we'll the figure ESPN it out. Tournament challenge, so I got to get that going. But yeah, so um, thanks everybody for tuning in. This is again, this is another uh, sports centric episode. So. Uh, uh, we got another one coming up next week with the March Madness one, but it's a fun time to be a sports fan. It's it's my it's like my second favorite sports event of the calendar after the Super Bowl is March Madness. So uh, always a good time, always a lot of craziness. Uh, yeah, and so we'll we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in. Let us know if we missed any major sporting uh, moments in probably the last two decades and uh, yeah. you know, maybe we'll run this one back with uh, some other ones that pop into our Yeah, our absolutely. Absolutely. And again, uh, so shout out to my Uncle Chris. Uh, he keeps commenting on the, the Podbean website. We love he's, he's the one that hates the Cowboys, right? He <laughs> he loves the Cowboys. Oh, fuck uh, he Cowboys. hates that we talk shit about the Cowboys, which yeah. we will probably continue to do on this podcast. Actually, um, real quick, they made it I think we talked about it last week, but they made a great move by cutting their tight end and keeping Ezekiel Elliott around. So congratulations to the Cowboys <laughs> for continuing to suck. Um yeah, but we would love to hear so my point being with that whole little spiel was we would love to hear from more of you. You can comment on the Podbean page. You can comment on we have our Facebook page, we have Instagram, um, look up just browsing podcasts on any of those platforms. Um Write in. We have the the email. Um, again, you can find all this information on the Facebook page and the Podbean page. But write in some of your favorite sports moments that we may have missed, and uh, maybe we'll do another round two of these and kind of yeah. cover some of them next time. So, anyway, thanks everybody for tuning yeah, thanks in. Thanks for tuning in, um, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks Bye-bye. everybody.